Wow. Was that not pretty darn crazy? That song was My Way by Nina Hagen from the album Nina Hagen, An Ecstasy with a K. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if any of you guys are fans of Rocky Horror Picture Show, that sounds like a pull straight out of their soundtrack, but it's not. And speaking of soundtrack, the song before that was Little Person sung by John Brion from the album Synecdoche, New York, OST. So that's straight out of that film. Can't recommend that enough. And then uh, the Frank Sinatra song that I played was Send in the Clowns. That's actually going to be it for me today. I'm hoping you enjoyed listening. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play one more song for you before I go. I'll go ahead and cue that up for you now. And uh, you're going to be listening to Grey Matter very, very shortly. Again, you're listening to WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor. Thank you. 
Well, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. But first, a little Inagata de Vida. <laughs> dun, dun, da, 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 da. Oh, no, we're ready to go. So Yeah, we're ready to been go. been sitting here a little bit. Ready to go. What a crazy, bizarre week. Well, one thing about Donald J. Trump is he's so ignorant, or to quote Thomas Ricks, the famous Pentagon author and uh, former Washington Post uh, Pentagon uh, beat uh, writer. Donald Trump is a very ignorant man. And uh, this continues. One thing about Donald Trump is he tends to educate the public more about certain things that are relatively obscure, but he makes mountains out of molehills, does all sorts of uh, wretched things to people, and then he blames other people for his problems. He berates people. In fact, part of this whole immigration fiasco started uh, several weeks ago when the president basically berated <clears throat> a DHS secretary, uh, uh, Christian Nielsen, in front of the cabinet. You know how Trump has these sort of made-for-TV cabinet meetings where they go around the room and they say something right out of the... Oh, main. perfect leader, your divine magnificence <laughs> is so becoming to the great, glorious nation that you lead. Yeah, they try and outdo each other with flattery, and usually Mike Pence... Fawning. ...is the winner. By a nose, by Bob, a, a gray hair. Mike Bobblehead Pence. <laughs> I mean... It's it's almost surreal to watch. It reminds one of the Manchurian candidate. Donald J. Trump is the most wonderful, kindest man. Warmest, wonderful. In the whole wide world. He's the greatest president of all time since Julius Caesar. Uh, it's uh, pretty disgusting. And, of course, this um, <clears throat> immigration policy has been ginned up by Trump for weeks now to sort of uh, add to his... Uh, Weekly Planner, which involves berating sessions and or Christian Nielsen. He, of course, uh, got all over their cases a couple of weeks ago for not protecting the border. And he is, is, is rumored to have flew into a rage a couple of months ago when he heard about the caver, uh, caravan story. I don't know if you remember this. This was hyped up on Fox. Fox and friends have been hyping this thing up for weeks on end. And now what do we learn? Trump wants to suspend the Constitution. 
Right. Claiming broad powers that do not, in fact, belong to the executive branch. So in addition to teaching uh, the citizens of this great land of ours about some obscure uh, aspects of constitutional law, he's also a ready-made primer course in the basics, the very beginning of understanding the constitutional system of a democratic republic. Judges are a thing (laughs) that are part of the process of constitutional law. Uh, you can't waive that with some sort of dictatorial fiat. Right. And this this is long established in uh, case law history. Uh, you know, I like to point out that America's had a long history of immigration problems. We wax, we wane. We get tougher on certain ethnic groups. We've had quota systems. We've eased up immigration from time to time. Let's remember that one of the original uh permissive eras of immigration was after the Civil War. The railroad corporations needed quasi-slave labor to lay the tracks out in the middle of Utah and Kansas and places. Chinese and Irish? Yes. Come on in. We need quasi-slave labor. Slavery has been outlawed. Uh, And of course, the 14th Amendment, by the way, is pertinent to this whole situation about due process. And Trump just simply says, oh, we can do away with due process. Um, Maybe Mexico will build the wall. (laughs) We'll move our ICE uh, agents to the other side of the border. (laughs) That's perhaps a thing. But I wanted to... uh, This didn't actually start uh, with the caravan story, but it's interesting. I'm going to read this. This is from the 5th of April... 45th president, subject immigration, how the caravan story exploded on the right. This, of course, was about a caravan of of migrants coming up from uh, Guatemala. They, it, it, it kept being called the caravan. And uh, Trump, of course, kept asserting that, as the Fox News ticker says, Trump. These big flows of people are all trying to take advantage of DACA. They want in on the act. And, of course, Trump was the guy that canceled DACA a couple weeks ago. Congress, if they would get their act together and have three separate votes, we might get somewhere. Have a vote on the wall. Defeat it. It's not going to pass. It didn't pass the Senate uh, four months ago. Have a have a vote on DACA, a clean bill, not this omnibus bill that's got 28 things in it. It's it's just no way to deal with these problems. The Amazing, situation. <clears throat> Amazingly enough, Ted Cruz, of all people, came forward with a proposal that would expedite the process. He's running for reelection and is surprisingly uh, a little bit more on the defensive than he should expect to be otherwise. Right. Partly because of uh, the increase in hostility towards Trump and his policies. So Ted Cruz is trying to come up with some sort of a, well, uh, this is a public relations disaster. Let's get 750 additional judges uh, to help expedite this so that we don't have this humanitarian crisis because it looks bad. He at least gets that much. I mean, he might be evil, but he's not totally stupid. I mean, maybe Putin has got some extra judges laying around. <laughs> yeah, in gulags, probably. <laughs> but then Trump goes off in like three separate occasions, referring sort of obliquely to Ted Cruz's 
modest proposal by saying that 5,000 judges, they want to appoint 5,000 judges. Right, right, right. I mean, and today Sarah Shuckabee was uh, asked, you know, who said 5,000 judges? The president keeps saying 5,000 judges. Of course, she would not answer the question because everybody knows he's just full of crap and and he's all over the map it's all other, over the place in other words even the congress doesn't know where he actually stands on some of these real issues because he keeps flip-flopping around his hair gets blown over uh by the wind or maybe melania uh do you care <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's uh that was a message to Donald Trump. I am well, there's a sure. number of different ways to interpret that. Um, I that's one of them. Yeah, that yeah. that is a message to him. I really don't care what you think. Do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are other interpretations, but I listeners can draw their own conclusions about what is going on or not going on with that coat. But it was just another dollop of weirdness. Well, I wrote a limerick for it. I'll read it next week. It's it's rather funny. It's uh, connected to the uh, ongoing problems with trade, I might add. I actually wrote a poem, too, that I'll <laughs> briefly read. This is uh, about uh, Jeff Sessions' uh, usage of Romans oh, yes, as I... a biblical uh, rationale for this bizarre policy of... Uh, child abduction i noted last week that i don't, don't think jeff sessions knew what romans 13 said <laughs> i was like well we were out of town we're in a hotel there's always a gideon's bible gideon's, conveniently yeah. located just like rocky raccoon reminds you so uh i'm reading romans in the hotel i'm like well there's this is the wrong book to quote yeah there's some stuff in the front of romans too that might have some applications towards trump himself personally but he won't read it, and it, it wouldn't really sink in anyway. But uh, the Gospel of Matthew is what Jeff Sessions might want to refresh himself on. And so I wrote this little ditty. It's a bit of Dr. Seussian doggerel. There you go. Called Sessions in Hell, and I'll share it with the listeners. Now, I'm going to have to change a few of the words for, you know, <laughs> FCC, FCC guidelines. <laughs> but uh, you'll, you'll know what those are, I suspect. <clears throat> I've got to read the Bible now to fix the fools who don't know how but scream out quotes misused and bent, hateful thoughts Christ never meant. Not really Christians, it would seem, who point out moats and ignore beams. So quick to judge, so sure in hate, the God they worship isn't great. It isn't even God at all, but just the power to make men fall. They seem to think this makes them good, but they have hearts of hardened wood, and when their time to pass is here, their wooden hearts will flame in fear." I tried so hard to serve the Lord. I loved the terrible swift sword. But all in vain such crap they shout. It ain't what Jesus was about. <laughs> well, indeed. And, of course, I noted that <clears throat> Sessions ought to read Romans 13 to Trump because it reiterates the <laughs> Ten Commandments quite clearly. And, of course, uh, referring to this, uh, uh, this caravan story, I wanted to read this because this is part of the problem. Uh, the author, Jeremy uh, Peters, notes, The narrative on the right this week, referring to the caravan hyperbole, for example, mostly omitted that many people in the caravan planned to resettle in Mexico, not the United States. And it ignored how many of those who did intend to come here would possibly go through the legal process of requesting asylum at the border checkpoint something miles of new wall, and battalions of additional border patrol would not have stopped. 
quote, they end up in schools on Long Island, some of which are MS-13, declared Brian uh, Kilimede on the president's preferred morning news show, Fox and Friends, referring to the predominantly Central American gang. The coverage became so distorted that it prompted a reporter for Breitbart News, who covers border migration, Brandon Darby, to push back, quote, I'm seeing a lot of right media cover this as people coming illegally or illegal aliens. That is incorrect. They are coming to a port of entry and requesting refugee status. That is legal. And that <laughs> that's Breitbart, Breitbart News. <laughs> so Correct. Fox has now gone to the right of Breitbart. Correcting Fox News. That's that's precious. Well, someone's got to. <laughs> That's really precious. Well, and of course, this whole crisis, that item you just read was from April. April. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the crisis of the last couple of weeks has been exacerbated by the difficulty uh, that people are having getting to those legal portals. Sure. Uh, they've been dissuaded from doing so. Some are closed. Some are uh, it's. They're encouraging people almost to go through illegally simply so they can arrest and deport and, of course, you know, over the weekend we had this bizarre uh, event in which Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked to leave a restaurant. I don't know if you, you yeah. read this. Yeah, I'm going to a... be cautious on this one because somehow I think not all the facts have come out. But it's interesting when they were uh, reporting on this in Sunday's uh, uh, New York Times, they note that Christian Nielsen, Secretary of Homeland Security, was heckled on Tuesday night. While dining at a Mexican restaurant. And Stephen Miller, mm -hmm. a senior advisor to the president known for his hardline stance on immigration, was described as fascist by a protester on Sunday, also while dining at a Mexican restaurant. I'm getting a sense of a pattern here. I'm suggesting perhaps that these might have been deliberate, provocative acts on their part, uh, fully aware that uh, there are there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of turmoil about this whole thing, uh, the so-called uh, zero-tolerance uh, policy, whatever the heck that means. It's hard to tell with this administration what's meant to be a provocative action and what's just hapless cluelessness. Everybody loves burritos, let's be fair and honest. Uh, a burrito for lunch a couple times a week really hits the spot. But I'm guessing that if I'm in that position of power where I'm the person saying, I don't know where the children are, I'm not going to go to a Mexican restaurant. I might order that burrito as a takeout and eat it at my office. Yeah. So it it could be meant as a oh let's do this thing where uh we'll make the liberals look you know really bad and offensive and uh and uncivil uh by shouting shame shame at us um but you know if you go to a sporting event uh in, in Detroit Sidney Crosby is going to get a lot of uh, invective hurled at him even if he were seen walking down the street uh, somebody's going to shout you know Something derogatory towards Sidney Crosby because it's a sports rivalry and passions run high. So it's no surprise that passions run high in politics, too. I mean, to some extent, public figures who are disliked are going to get shouted at in pretty much any context. 
people have to be careful, though, not to cross the line, not to become aggressive uh, in this sort of thing. Um, but I think it's probably I'm going to bet that it's more cluelessness than uh, intentional provocation. Yeah. And I'll just um, note that uh, Maxine Waters's suggestion about getting in the, in the face of people is, is sort of uh, the wrong approach. It's, it's, it's wrong-headed. Yeah. Counterproductive is is a good way to describe it. Uh, what's fascinating to me also about this way this story sort of has been percolating for the last six weeks is how it's gotten buried in so many celebrity stories, pardons, Donald Trump and the Korean summit. This should have been discussed, by the way, at the at the G seven. This is a major right. global issue. Period. And, of course, when you have a child, the famous this photograph. Now famous photo, right. This is from the June 14th, just last week. That's just a two-year-old child scared. There's no, you know, for Ann Coulter to call this a child actor. My goodness. What crack is she smoking? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you wonder, uh, because no matter what your political ideology is, children in, uh, terrified tears is not anything to be made, uh, light of. And the, uh, right up there with Ann Coulter's child actor being posed to cry, um, is Corey Lewandowski's womp womp noise right. about the, uh, 10 year old with Down syndrome being separated uh, from a parent, uh, the the way in which these refugees are being scapegoated as job stealers, uh, rapists, and gang members, uh, they're fleeing for their lives from countries who have fallen completely apart. Right. Where the social fabric is non-existent, where their lives, their very lives are in danger. And where the United States, we might add, played a big role in creating much of this destabilization. El Salvador. Uh, you know, Rios Montt. He, yeah. he died recently, and we began funneling aid to him. Uh, the Reagan administration denied that there was a massacre at El Mazote when it was quite well documented that over a thousand people were massacred at El Mazote and, by the Salvadorian military, who we were funneling money to. Right. And I think anybody who has uh, such a, a hard heart that they can't have even an iota of sympathy for refugees, uh, they should watch the film El Norte. Uh, although they pr probably never have the patience to do so because they would simply dismiss it as left-wing claptrap. But it's a pretty realistic depiction of the actual trauma that it is to leave your homeland, travel a course unknown with extremely limited funds in the slimmest hope that you might get a better break uh, in the land that has sold the ideology of freedom and liberty like hamburgers for so many years. Uh, Indeed. It's, it's a powerful film. And in, in, incidentally, by the way, the U.N. Um, <clears throat> Human Rights Commission noted that the Trump administration's practice of separating children from migrant families entering the United States violates their rights 
and international law, the United Nations Human Rights Office said a couple of Tuesdays ago. Uh, They note, the practice amounts to an arbitrary and unlawful interference in family life and is a serious violation of the child, according to Ravina Shamdasani, a spokesman for the U.N. Office of the High Commissioner on Human Rights based in Geneva. This is what Nikki Haley said. Without addressing the specifics of the accusation, Nikki Haley said, neither the United Nations nor anyone else will dictate how the United Nations, how the United States, excuse me, upholds its borders. Quoting there from Nick Cumming Bruce from the 6th of June. How interesting that the United States withdrew from the Human Rights yeah. Commission uh, just last week. Citing uh, bias, citing uh, bias in particular, not only against the United States, but against Israel, claiming that that's being manipulated by the UN human rights uh, organizations based in Geneva, when in fact, all the UN human rights are doing, the commissions and these uh, agencies, are looking at the problems with Gaza and and what's going on there. And the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, we had like 58 people shot at the border, at the wall. (laughs) That big, beautiful wall that Donald Trump is so jealous of Kim Jong-un with. It's a beautiful wall. It's called the DMZ and the beaches, the hotels. All those glorious undeveloped beaches. The money that can be made. I, I was like, okay, where is this going? Please. I expect to see Kim Jong-un on a jet ski real soon. Of course, he took the midnight train to Georgia. I mean, to China once again. His third visit to China. And what's been happening since? We don't know. We know that there's some... Scheduled family reunions sometime in August. We've allegedly had some remains returned. Uh, whose remains they were or might be. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know if Kim Jong-un is going to uh, live up to uh, the deal that was made. The gentleman's agreement. You you can sleep more. That's right. Sleep more safe, safely tonight, my children. I think that was the actual quote Trump used, my children. Just my children. Of course, uh, who knows what will happen with that. But it's interesting how so many celebrity stories uh, over the past six weeks have kind of obscured a lot of what really was going on. Uh, There were repeated stories about what was actually going on at the border, but they were sort of... um, Buried in the uh, factual confusion of Donald Trump. And incidentally, this uh, coming uh, Sunday, there's going to be an election in Mexico. Pay attention to the results there because it should be quite interesting. But Donald Trump uh, continues to have problems with the ongoing tit-for-tat and the tariff thing. Yeah, Harley-Davidson has announced that they're uh, relocating manufacturing. Uh, 
so that they can sell motorcycles in Europe, where they sell a lot of motorcycles. I just have a quote here from the Mexican Steel Industry Association. It says that the United States sold 3.6 billion more to Mexico after the past over the past two years than Mexico sold to the United States. Once again, Trump is distorting and lying about these deficits. They're surpluses. And I guess the Wisconsin dairy industry, the cheesemakers. Blessed be the cheesemakers. What? What? <laughs> Do you have any cheese for sale? It's a bit runny. It's, it's a bit runny. No, we're, we're, we're fresh out. Anyway, just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, it's pretty disturbing when you hear a spokesman from the uh, D- Wisconsin Dairy Association uh, state that they may have to start dumping milk uh, in their farm fields. That's not good. And it's part of the rich bounty of who knows what's going to happen. But I don't think Trump has figured this this one out either. It's just it's like the travel ban. It's like this zero tolerance policy. No understanding of plan B. What is plan B? Does this guy ever think about what happens next? No. Everybody lives in the present. We're we're living in a civilization in America now where everybody's got to look at their cell phone all the time. You know, there's no understanding of the past. Nobody can even remember what happened two months ago with, with like this whole, the way this story unfolded and this disaster unfolded. But Jeff Sessions is working on his his Bible study. And what look what happens when you poke the bear. <laughs> you poke the bear. That's a direct quote from Bob Corker. Well, keep poking that bear. Thanks to Andrew for engineering this evening. We are out of time down here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling, coming up next. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Saturday, you can hear the latest sounds straight from Jamaica on the dance hall.